What up? What up, brothers? Oh, and sister. See you later. New D, I see you. Let's go. Uh, my feet are walking with the sun on fire like a thick furnace Then I'm further in the one, I'm further than when I begun And I hope so, I gotta stay firmer than a permanent photo You folks know, first off, ain't no room to showboat Only in a cross if I boast though, so Let me talk a him who prefigured in death The feet in the perfect, indeed he is who I flow for I never thought this, that Christ would save What's up? We are not live anymore, not at our live show We're at our Dead Joe? Dead Joe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this is just a, a normal episode. Uh, back with you. Rocking with you on a Sunday. Rocking with you on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're back in a... Yep. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. We're not really in the studio. We just moved my mics into a different room. So... um. You might hear a, a cat and dog in the background. So Yeah, sorry about that. That's me. Yeah, that's Joy. He's trying to fix his elbow. <laughs> <laughs> so the live show was fun, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was a blast. Yeah. Thank thank you all who came out and hung out with us. Um it was a, a lot of fun. I think it went probably at least seven and a half times better than I thought. It would go. I'd Definitely one percent less worse than I thought it was going to yeah. be. <laughs> no, that was a lot of fun. Thank you again to the Rock Bookstore. Uh, we definitely need to do another one of those. So, if you did, I know I had quite a few people that either uh, contacted me on social media or told me in person that they wanted to come out but weren't able to that night. So, um, we're definitely going to do another one of those and. Um, We'll let you know when we decide we need to re- still still recovering from from the last one. I mean, surely we can only get better at it, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we, we can't get worse. So. <laughs> um, if you haven't listened, we put the recording up as our as our last episode. I think it's uh, titled "Live Show," um, so you can go listen to it. We had a pretty much everybody that's been involved with the show outside of stats um showed up and was there got to laugh at some of our funniest moments and made some new funny moments uh he we we realized real real will will fast we realized (laughs) real fast that uh garrett definitely hasn't been uh i don't know how to say this nicely uh practicing um he does not get better the more that he does this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which makes the show better. Uh, we, we hope he doesn't get better. But um realized how much, I guess, I, I kind of missed Garrett's um, unplanned humor. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that was fun. It was fun to laugh at ourselves, um, hang out with, with some people. So, like I said, go check that out. Well, uh, today... We were kind of thinking through, you know, what to talk about, what's going on in sports, and um, so we're going to talk about a lot of basketball because that is about it, and by a lot of NBA basketball because there's really, I mean, it's the only basketball. Baseball's going on. 
Yes, we're going to talk about a lot of basketball. Um, NHL, Stanley Cup Finals. Yep, a lot of basketball, yeah. (laughs) Champions League uh, Final was yesterday. That was kind of a letdown, actually. Uh, I was really excited about that. Kind of went how you'd expect it, though. Yeah, but the the whole Champions League tournament has not gone how I've expected. Like, just the fact that Tottenham was in the final. Like, I mean, they beat, they had to beat Manchester City and I, and we're down three, three goals to Ajax with one half left to play. Yeah. And I mean, it, I don't know. It, it was kind of a, I guess, a letdown that that game wasn't more exciting. I mean, you got the, the winning goal came within, two minutes of the game like <laughs> so um but yeah that's enough soccer soccer talk Saki, soccer 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 talk soccer talk um so nba finals are going on as of right now um game two has not been played but by the time you're listening to this game two will have already been played so we don't know who's going to win um that's tonight for us but we know obviously the Raptors, I keep wanting to call them the Rockets. I don't know, it's just like R R and Red. Just automatically my brain goes Rockets. Rockets. When did the when did the Raptors become red? Like when did they shift from purple to red? Like I remember them being purple. And obviously now they're red. I don't remember them being purple. You don't Vince Carter and Chris Bosch, you don't remember the purple and black Raptors? With the kind of Barney, no, no. Barney the dinosaur looking. Gonna Google this on it. Yeah, just Google Vince Carter. I mean, you know, you don't remember Vince Carter in the dunk competition wearing a purple Raptors jersey? Watch much basketball then. NBA's been like a newfound past like five years. I've really started paying attention. Well, that's disappointing. Actually, no, not five years. Really, when I always liked Dwayne Wade, and so when LeBron went Dwayne. to the Heat. I was really excited. See, I was the opposite. I, I love Dwayne Wade, but I didn't like when LeBron came because I felt like he was stealing Dwayne Wade's thunder. The same way, like obviously I love Steph Curry, and I love and I I had always been a Warriors fan, but I don't like him near as much since Kevin Durant got there. Does that make sense? Does that make me weird? Am I weird? No. Like I've caught myself actually pulling for the Raptors in this series. Because Steph Curry, which I, I like, I like Kawhi, and I like obviously Mark Gasol. Hashtag Grand City, <laughs> and uh, oh god, what's the point guard's name? For La- Lowry, Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry. I, he he also was a Memphis guy. Hashtag Grand City. <laughs> Have you found Raptors purple jerseys yet? It's yeah, the, they're absolutely purple. They've got like a little Raptor holding the basketball. They're awesome. Yeah. Like I don't remember, I don't remember the change. I guess is what I'm saying. Raptors are terrifying, though, right? Like, like the dinosaur. The dinosaur, yeah. yeah. They're the worst. I like their, I like their logo where like it's like the basketball with a raptor slash. It's cool. I wonder is that is that a raptor slash or is that Kawhi's claw? <laughs> Kawhi's claw, claw. Like it was a raptor slash until Kawhi got there. Kawhi. Kowal. 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 Look it on Wikipedia because it's always accurate about when they change their colors. Yeah. So, 
while Joy is trying to. That's that's a really cool jersey. That is, yes, yeah. I think that's a. I mean, that's the jersey Chris Bosch was wearing too. Like they were purple then. I don't. Yeah. I used to like the rappers because I liked Valentunas, and now he plays for Memphis. Hashtag Grand City. That's three of them. Three of them. We've been recording for eight minutes, and I've got three. Hashtag Grind Cities. Make that four in. That's because they used to be the Vancouver Grizzlies. In 2001, they moved to Memphis. Yes, that yeah. is an accurate I didn't know statement. that. You Wait, didn't, I'm learning so much today. You didn't know they were... No, I had <laughs> no clue. <laughs> wow. You thought they were always in Memphis? I, I didn't assume they were always in Memphis, but I didn't know there was like a they moved from somewhere else. I just thought Memphis got a team at some point. Yeah, I think they were an expansion team or something like the same year as the Timberwolves. See, I don't pay attention. Maybe. I'm learning so much today. Yeah, you really didn't <laughs> watch the NBA when you were really, really younger. Didn't. If you didn't know, was it was it the Vancouver? I don't know anybody that played for the Vancouver Grizzlies. That was a long time ago. Two thousand one. We would have been eleven. I don't know. It says Canadian country singer Shania Twain helped launch the new Raptors alternate road uniform at the start of 2003-2004 season. I don't think that's the red uniforms. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Enough about their uniforms. I'm tired of reading. I don't like... You don't like reading. what? Reading. Oh, reading. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you don't like reading as much as I don't like num numbers do you call it reading if it's numbers i don't know if that is reading is it reading (laughs) because like my daughter who's three like she knows some numbers but i wouldn't say she's reading that's a good question (laughs) but i guess you could what if you read binary are you reading yep yes yes Okay, all right, sorry. Yeah, back to sports. Back to basketball. Um, 2006 is when they changed from the purple to the red. Okay. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That was about... Ah, was Bosch still there? Yeah, he yeah. went to Miami in 2010. Greatest year of my life. Uh, Bosch, where? Purple? <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> um. So... Anyway, so Drake. Drake was wearing one of those purple Raptors jerseys at the game. Did you notice whose jersey that was? Del Curry? Yeah. Yep. (laughs) I thought that was... Okay, so before... I'm not a big Drake fan. Are you an Aubrey Graham fan? Who's Aubrey Graham? It's Drake's name. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> Isn't it? I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> On it. Earl. <laughs> um like I don't I don't know. Like I saw Drake once. I was at a Grizzlies game, hashtag Ground City, and he was there. We weren't even playing the Raptors, we were playing the Kings. I guess he just happened to be in Memphis. I guess. <laughs> he was there like he was there till halftime and then he it was the first game that um Zach Randolph was back at Memphis after he left the Grizzlies. And like right. they shook hands and like did a side hug at, right before like right at, after the halftime buzzer and then Drake left to go 
rapper. Can he? Is he still called a rapper? He doesn't really rap much anymore. He kind of. Wikipedia says rapper, singer, songwriter, actor, producer, and entrepreneur. So, uh, how rapper, many singer. of those things does he do well? <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm just kidding. Drake's okay. Oh, well, he's taking a shot at Drake. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just wait till he hears this. He's gonna show up at your house. Yeah, or write a beef song about our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but uh be good publicity. Yeah, yeah. Bring yeah, it on, Drake, Drake. You suck. Yeah, bring it on, Drake. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Did you see you know he has tattoos of Kevin Durant's number and Steph Curry's number on his arm and he wore a a um sweatband to cover those tattoos. It worked. Yeah. I I I think I don't know. Like I like him as a Raptors fan. I don't like him as a sports fan in general. But I like like I like kind of what his role is in these NBA finals and in the post like I like him giving <laughs> what's his name? The shoulder rubs and Oh yeah. All <laughs> that. The coach Nick for the Nurse. Yeah, Nick Nurse. Um I so now he it does seem like that fan that like after the Cubs won the World Series, you see him in a Cubs jersey. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or worse, he's that fan, like, right before the game, he picks some team he's never supported before, yeah. and then they lose. He had that story after the Heat won their first championship when LeBron came there. He was trying to get in the locker room to celebrate with them, and then he was trying to get in Kentucky's locker room when they were in Final Four a few years ago, and then you saw him in, like, an Alabama sweatshirt. Yeah. Like, he's just that kind of fan. Which I, I've got a little bit of that in me, too, obviously. But like, except with college football. Oh yeah, you're a pretty consistent Tennessee fan. Well, I'm more. I'm pretty consistent. Whoever Alabama's playing against, fan. Go Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna get a Clemson tattoo on your arm? Yeah, national. <laughs> so I've I've won in. <laughs> let's see here. So if we off that logic, my favorite team is. Whoever Alabama's playing, that means I've won, what, two national championships in the last four years? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Alabama is the worst. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, we have a lot of Alabama fans that listen to us. Y'all know I'll be hating. I'll be hating because you're good. And my team's not in college football. Man, sports in the summer. Yeah, it's rough. So, I guess we can talk about... Oh, I saw. I thought this was interesting. I saw on Instagram where Boogie Cousins is the first Calipari, Kentucky player to play in the NBA Finals. Which seems crazy to me. Like, that just almost seems unbelievable. So, how long has he been in Kentucky? I think Boogie Cousins, Boogie Cousins and John Wall, that was his first year, I think. That does seem pretty crazy, doesn't it? But, I mean, most of the time, he has some of the best players, and they're going to go to some of the worst teams. Some of them, but not all of his players go to the worst teams. He has players that are picked in the... I mean, you can say the same thing about Duke, but Duke's got multiple players that have won titles. Yeah. Quinn Cook plays for the Warriors right now. Yeah, but Duke. He's been at Duke a lot longer than Cal Perry's been at Kentucky. Well, yeah, but even if you 
that same time frame, I mean, you've got Quinn Cook. <laughs> and, uh... Mm, I'm the only one that Kyrie, forgot. Kyrie. He, he, Boogie was at Golden State, though. I'd, yeah. <laughs> no, I I forgot. Um, yeah. Do you think Kevin Durant's gone? Yep. You think he's gone after the seat? Where, if you had a gun to your head and had to pick, <laughs> where we don't really have any guns. Uh, disclaimer: there are no guns <laughs> in the studio right now. This is a metaphorical gun to your head situation. What we mean by gun to your head is saying if you had to pick, or you're going to die, then so there are no. Like you, guns. you wouldn't have to be right. Just, just pick. Just pick her. You think he's going to end up in New York, the greatest city in the world. Which, which New York? The Knicks. The Nets. Oh, Knicks. Oh, okay. <laughs> Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, thought we were going Nets with that. Um, <laughs> I could see that. Uh where would be to make things the most funnerest? Where where could he go? I don't know. <laughs> it, it might be the Knicks. Probably that's the true. Knicks. That's, that's, we wait, both waited yeah, way too yeah, long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if he goes to um, New Orleans? And then, New or- and then Anthony Davis comes back. And New Orleans has Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, and Zion Williamson. Pretty good team right there. That's the team. That's the future of the NBA right there. Speaking of the future of the NBA, in five years, let's say when the Warriors dynasty crumbles eventually, let's say five to ten years, who do you think? Who do you think when, okay, better yet, like up-and-coming superstars, like when this era of superstars start to kind of fade out, or LeBron out, as I like to call it, um, who who do you think where are your next superstars coming from? Where are the next what's the next NBA dynasty? No, if you get Kevin Durant down in New Orleans. Wrong. The answer <laughs> is Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> <laughs> Memphis will never have it. Hey, hey, okay. Jaron Jackson is gonna be a superstar. The guy we drafted number three overall last year, had a great rookie season, good defensive player, big guy, can also shoot the three. And then we draft John Morant this year. What? 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 I don't know, what? man. What? Like, it's just what? What? Two superstars. But when they get, we trade Mike Conley for Kyle Kuzma. What? When they get what? older, what? when they get older, what? they're gonna be like, "What? I can go just about anywhere I want to. Why do I want to stay here in Memphis? Because Memphis has the best barbecue. <laughs> but you're not even near like you nobody be near leaves the ocean. Memphis. You want to be in." Near an ocean. You're near the Mississippi River. It's not the ocean, though. It goes into the ocean. <laughs> New Orleans is right at the ocean. Nobody says that about New Orleans. I know, but I mean, you got to think. Anthony Davis wants out of New Orleans because why? Why do, why do you want to stay in New Orleans if you could? The ocean. NBA players have the most. They have the power. They can go where they want to. Alligators. Mm. God, they're scary. <laughs> They're dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Back to dinosaurs. <laughs> Back to raptors. Um, 
Mm, yeah, I don't know what else to talk about. I mean, there's literally nothing <laughs> going on. Um, so LeBron's son and Dwayne Wade's son just transferred to the same high school. Is that fair? No, it's not fair. <laughs> Which, from my understanding, LeBron's son is legit. Which he's a little younger. He's like eighth or ninth grade, ninth grade maybe, maybe. He's fourteen. On it. Yep. <laughs> Versus, um, I think Dwayne Wade's son is a year or two older. Was his name Zaire Wade? So he's Zade. Zade. Zaden. <laughs> And LeBron's son's name is LeBron Jr. Or Bronny, as you know, us friends like to call him. Burr. <laughs> LeBron Jr. Bronny. We're going. Burr. We're going through this phase where we like to um, add, put names together, put words together. But you have to be really careful about that, which is why this is not live. Um, but. Yeah. Okay. Who's this? Zaire? Zwaid? No, this is a Burr. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bronny. Bronny's 14. So what grade is that? What grade will he be next year? Probably ninth. Ninth, ninth grade? Okay. He can dunk already. <laughs> of course he can. What about Zaire? How old is Zaire? I feel like you were just happy with that random stat and just leaned back in your seat like, I did it. I looked it up. That's exactly what I did. Mission accomplished. Let's see, how old's Zade? Look at that. He knew what I wanted. 17. 17. So he'll be a... They probably held him back. So he'll probably be, Let's just assume he'll be a junior. I think he'll go to Marquette like his dad. I think he I think he has a Marquette offer. I follow him on Instagram, so we're like puds. Gives me all the I follow Bronny, man. Oh yeah, he just started yeah. an Instagram. We got like a million followers <laughs> overnight. <laughs> I'm steady at like two ninety. I tell you what though, like you I used to think like our famous athletes had like they'll have a post and have hundreds of thousands of views. And then I got into soccer and started following some of those guys and like how many followers those guys have is ridiculous. <laughs> even not not even just talking about Ronaldo. Like all of them. Steady at like two ninety eight, I think. Uh speaking of Instagram, go follow us. Instagram on uh Sports and Jesus. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook. Leave us a five star review on however you're listening to this, please. Would help us out very much if you do so, if you would do that. Also tell your friends about it. I know, sorry that this week we really don't have much other than basketball and NBA to talk about. And it's just kind of like, do you like Drake or not? But, you know, that's what time of year it is. LaMelo Ball is 17 too. Yeah. Dude, he shot up this past year. Like, he's he went from like 6'1 to like 6'8 in that's a year. Crazy. I wonder, I've been trying to figure out, like, is he... Is he eligible to play college basketball since he played professionally in Lithuania? Lithuania. I don't know. That's a really good question. I've wondered that because you wouldn't think so. But then I also, I read somewhere where like his dad took all the money or like, that sounds bad. (laughs) Like they didn't, somehow he didn't get paid. Like the money went, I don't know. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how believable that is. Speaking of LeVar Ball, where did he go? He just finally realized his sons aren't that good. Probably. And just disappeared. I don't know. I think he's still, I think he still thinks LaMelo's pretty. LaMelo is good. He's probably the best out of them. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't really watched Lonzo. I just get what I listen to ESPN. Lonzo gets hurt too much. I mean, I think he, I think he could look. So, this is my professional opinion. Lonzo could develop into a good, serviceable point guard, but I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be like worth the number two pick or whatever he was picked with. Like a, I don't think he's going to be a superstar. I don't think he's going. And just the fact, I think D'Angelo Russell might be. So the fact that they're they traded D'Angelo Russell and drafted Lonzo Ball just looks terrible, bad. And I don't, I don't care what Magic Johnson says. The whole like Magic Johnson gave the reason of the whole you know Swaggy P incident and stuff. Like Swaggy P's not there, anyways. So why does it? Why does that matter? Where is Swaggy P? Is he in? Or I know it was his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday! <laughs> I don't know where Swaggy P is. I don't. I don't feel like I've seen him with the Warriors this year. I think he would. I'm thinking won the championship with them last year. Yeah, he won. He was. He played with them last year. I don't know where he's been at. I haven't seen him this year. Maybe he's playing in that big three. Everybody that's not in the NBA is playing in that big three. It's kind of sad. Have you watched that big three? You know what I'm talking about. I watched an episode and it made me sad. They're not episodes. They're games. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the, the 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 Ball Family reality show on Facebook? Yeah, for like the first three or four episodes I did. Then I was like, this isn't good. <laughs> but anyways, that's literally... Ah, there's Denver just, Nuggets. He was waived by the Nuggets back in December. They haven't played anywhere since. Was he ever good? Oh, he's Kendrick Lamar's cousin, so... Oh, that okay (laughs) yep so sorry about this episode of just basketball and rappers again i don't know if you can call drake a rapper anymore but uh drake if you're listening to this we're beefing with you um everybody else let drake know what we said about him so that he can give us free publicity struggled with that one <laughs> but uh anyways next time hopefully we'll be able to record next week or the next week and uh we'll be able by then will we know will we have an nba champion by next week no probably not no. not by next week so we'll probably just talk more basketball and rappers yeah <laughs> maybe something crazy will happen in football like somebody will get suspended or fail a drug test or benjamin watson man yeah i was gonna say that but then i didn't know we we're gonna say it because watson yeah. <laughs> Did we, wait, didn't we have an episode where we talked about Benjamin Watson as a Christian athlete? Yes. And then he got suspended for performance-enhancing drugs? Yeah. So hopefully we'll get more info on that story so we can update you, because that's all I know as of right now. But um, So again, thank you all for coming out to the live show. Thank you all for powering with us through this um boring sports time of the, it's really not like the NBA fine. Okay. The basketball has been super exciting, 
but you can only talk so much about one series. I'm looking. They play tonight. Yep. And they play Wednesday. Yep. Yeah, next Friday is game four. So, so if the Raptors sweep, that's not going to happen. How what if that happens? Be, what if oh, <laughs> I'd be so happy. Kawhi Leonard is Michael Jordan if that happens. Because LeBron got so much. Like he got ragged on so bad because he got swept last year. And then, but if they got swept, that'd make me so happy. How much better does that make Kawhi than LeBron? Oh. Oh. Shot to the heart. <laughs> Not better at all? How? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you, okay. If Kawhi beats Toronto, I mean, that puts him down as one of the greatest of all time. If he beats Toronto. If he beats, if he is able to beat Toronto <laughs> while playing for him, then you put him up there with J.R. Smith as the best bad player. Um, what I'm okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Kawhi's good. We'll see. We'll see if the claw can keep up with the Warriors. The Raptors are good, man. They're good at defense. But anyways, we'll catch you on the flippity flip, flipping it. Yeah, yeah. 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 What's that? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what are we going to talk about today, Joy? What's on the the docket? Docket? Is that right? Did I use that word right? Yeah. What's I on the so. docket? I think so. I'm like, impressed. For some reason, when I hear docket, I think of like a shipping dock. Docket it. <laughs> what's what's on the docket? Well, I'm looking on the board there, and it says Christian contentment. Did I spell that right? Contentment? Yep. That's right. You have no idea. No. <laughs> Christian contentment. That's our subject for today. So, what do we mean when we say Christian contentment? What are we trying? Why Why is that worth devoting a podcast to? Joy, what do you, when you hear Christian contentment, what do you think? What are your first thoughts other than shipping docks? No, that's just docket. Oh, yeah. Dock, docket. <laughs> I don't think about docks when I think about contentment. <laughs> you will now, everybody. You're welcome. I just and think- maybe the reverse will happen when you see a shipping dock. You'll think... I need to be content in Jesus. <laughs> I think it's just being reverse psychology. Happy with what little that you have, which is something I struggle with. Or 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 what lot a lot you have. What what's the opposite of little? What big you big. have? <laughs> what much you have? <laughs> <laughs> Makes you think of. Uh, Proverbs sixteen eight: Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. Ooh, nice, nice. Pulled that out the bag. <laughs> Thank John so, Piper, DesiringGod.org. dot yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Piper in it. <laughs> so Christian contentment. We want to focus here in 
Uh, my, my church has been, we've been walking through the book of Philippians, and that's kind of where this episode and this subject was what, how, where the inspiration came from. But we've been working our way through Philippians, and so I kind of want to focus on Philippians 4, verses 10 through 13, which I'm about to read just to start off, and then we'll talk a little bit about what we mean and what discontentment is before we kind of dive into breaking down these verses. And there's one verse in here that we probably all know and have seen it used horribly wrong, and so we'll talk about that too. But I'm going to read Philippians 4, starting in verse 10. This is from the ESV version. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. There's that word. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So, obviously that last verse, Philippians 4.13, is a verse that we're Thanks to Tim Tebow, we're all familiar with. Thanks, Tim. Or, thanks to Tim Tebow's face, we're all <laughs> familiar with. Wasn't that the one, that's what he got, in, when he got in trouble when he put Philippians 4.13 on his eye black. Y'all can't tell I'm pointing to where you would put eye black <laughs> on your face. But, uh, yeah. Some Garrett would do. Yep. We'll miss you, Garrett. Hope you're listening. Shout out to Garrett. Zamboni. Hashtag Zamboni. <laughs> Hashtag Zamboni. <laughs> So, why why contentment? Why do we talk about contentment? And we think, I, I, we believe contentment is something that's very important to your Christian walk that isn't discussed enough. And we think it's important because discontentment can be very, very dangerous. In fact, I think there that many sins are kind of birthed or come out of a discontent heart. So discontentment can be a very dangerous sin, so we want to battle that. That's something worth fighting. So, And obviously the opposite of that would be contentment. And um, so when we say contentment, hey, you want to see what the uh, dictionarial definition of content content or contentment is and um so that's kind of he's he's going to read what uh he's looking it up and he's going to read kind of what what we're searching for is being content and being content no matter your your circumstances is is kind of what we're what we're going what we're after here so that's how you that's how you say it (laughs) And I mean, hit that button. It turned out pretty funny. <laughs> a state of happiness and satisfaction. Mm, that is the perfect example. Yep. Yep. That's what we're going to be talking about. Being happy and being satisfied. How can we be happy and be satisfied when things aren't going our way? Or when things are going our way. So I think even when, like when, when you have more staying in that contentment state is 
especially being a Christian, is not finding that happiness and satisfaction in the stuff. Yes. Right? Yes, which seems to be what what Paul is, is hinting at here. So to understand this, you've got to understand a little bit of the, of the background of the book of Philippians. So as, as Joy mentioned, it's Paul, the Apostle Paul, um, the same Paul that you find in the book of Acts that God changed, that was what had spent his life and was spending his life and was gaining um, some power and some popularity from being the guy that kind of headed up trying to wipe out this new Christian religion or this new Christian sect of of Judaism. And, um, and then on the road to Damascus, while he was heading there to find Christians to persecute, Jesus met him the uh, and changed changed his heart, showed himself to Paul, and Paul then spent his life, became one of the greatest missionaries in Christian history, planted some of the earliest churches, and what wrote at least half of our of our New Testament. And so that's who we're talking about. Paul is writing this book to the church at Philippi, and he's writing this book from prison. He's he's in prison thinking that, you know, we get the the saying in the, I think in chapter one, for to live is for to me to live as Christ to die as gain. He knows there's a very real possibility of his death um and being killed because he's a Christian. So that's kind of what's in the cards and potentially in the future for the Apostle Paul. And in the midst of that, what he's telling them is he has found the secret to being content. So this is a man who in his present circumstances as he's writing this, he literally has nothing. I mean, he's in prison about to lose his life or potentially lose his life and has has nothing Yet his this is a book Philippian a common theme of Philippians is joy. There's joy all over this book. This is a man that's found joy despite his ugly, difficult circumstances. So I think I I don't think typically so let's kind of move to let's talk about verse thirteen to start. I know we're kind of in the last verse here, but Let's start. Let's talk about verse thirteen. It's a like we said, like we mentioned, like it is a especially in the you know we're sports in Jesus in the sports realm, especially like this is a verse that is you commonly see. Like I remember, I remember when uh, watching an interview of JJ Redick when he was back at Duke, and he said every time you know he shoots like ninety four percent free throws. Every time he shoots a free throw, he says Philippians four thirteen in his head. I remember, I think, <laughs> I think you were there with me, Joy. We went to a, um, for me, it was a time in my life where I was just kind of getting introduced to theology, good theology, but didn't have the discernment to know bad theology. Yeah. And there was a big, like, youth and college age, um, I'm trying to not blast the people that did this because <laughs> I think they still do it. But there was a big event that would happen in a large city once a month where thousands of young people would come and they would, I mean, they would crank up the speaker. I mean, fog machines, lights everywhere. Um, I mean, they would do like 
just high energy, high and and I remember I remember the speaker who was is a well known guy. Um, a lot of people like to listen to him and he was talking about like his I remember one message was on Philippians four thirteen and he was talking about, you know, working out and saying that to himself and like he kept telling himself that that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. And he was able to get his brand new Max on the bench. And like that's when I was kinda like, Yeah, this might not be the best. But <laughs> but typically that's how this verse is used, right? So go back, listen to our earlier podcast on expositional preaching. This is a perfect example of why we believe in expositional contextual preaching. Because if you take just that verse, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. Just that verse out of everything, what did most people hear first? I can do all things. I can fly. Yes. I can do whatever, like whatever I can do, whatever I want to do, I can do it. Like that's what it's telling me. This is saying something about me that I can do all things. When you put this verse in the context of the book of Philippians and of this chapter, you see it's a little more specific than that, I guess. Paul is saying, I can do all things. I mean, by all things, he's saying, I can be content when the world says you shouldn't be content, when the world says everything has gone wrong, when everything has gone wrong and I have nothing left, I can miraculously be content, is what he's saying. So that's what, this is not about Paul saying, I can break down these walls because I can do all things. That's not what he's talking about. Um, he's saying, I, I think this is one of the most misused. People take this and make it very man-centered and very us-centered and very like it's saying something about us. But this isn't saying something about us. Yeah, I think that's a common theme when you hear it misused and used out of context. It's you getting what you want instead of you know, being content with what you have. It's, I can do all things. I can go out and start this business, make billions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always something focused on you and not on the mm -hmm. Lord and yeah stuff. Yep. So we'll go back earlier in these verses. Verse 11. Now that I'm speaking of, not that I'm speaking of being in, in need for I've learned in whatever situation I'm to be content. So he says, I've learned every situation this is something that you can learn so what what has he, he you know he's learned to be content what what's the secret there in verse 12 i know how to be brought low i know how to abound in any and every circumstance i have learned again learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance and need so he's saying there's a secret there's a something that you have to click in there's a secret here that you have to learn in order to be content, in order to find, as he says in earlier verses, to rejoice in the Lord always. And what is that secret? And it is verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But as as Joy and I just mentioned, the secret in this isn't I can do all things. The main point of this whole section is Christ gives me strength. Christ does it. Christ is the strength. Christ is the source. Christ is Christ is the one 
that brings contentment. It is found in Jesus. We are not content because Christ or because God has given us the things that we need. We are content because Christ has given us Christ. We are not content because when we were sick, he gave us health. When we were in, you know, when we needed, when we were hungry, he gave us food. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying, I've found the secret of being content when still being hungry. The secret isn't God gives me food. The secret isn't God met those needs. The secret is Christ is I have Jesus. Whether I'm hungry or whether I'm starving or whether I have all the food in the world that I want, whether I have no money or whether I have millions of dollars, whether I have a great job or no job, whether I have a great healthy family or someone in my family is sick, whether I'm healthy or I'm sick, No matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, my joy and my contentment and my... What what was the definition of contentment again? Finding happiness and... It is a state of happiness and satisfaction. Okay, my happiness and my satisfaction are not found in those circumstances. I'm not satisfied by having a lot of food, having a lot of money, or being very healthy. I'm satisfied in Jesus. And no matter what the circumstance may be, Jesus doesn't change. Whether everybody in my family leaves me, whether my health is gone and I'm on my deathbed, whether I have lost my job and have not a penny to my name, Jesus is still just as much there as he was when I had those things. And I know contentment's one of those things that I've always, that I've struggled with, especially, and it's funny that we're talking about this because <laughs> you started off, you know, we started off at the beginning saying discontentment's a, a sin. It's a very dangerous sin. Mm-hmm. And I had a part of my life where I was very discontent. I didn't feel like I was getting what I deserved. And so, and it just led to a, to a path of just, sin and sin like it's i look back and that was the start of it which is discontentment not being happy with where i was and life and all of that so it's very it's a dangerous road if you just stay in that discontentment yeah and and oftentimes i found like in my own life like when i'm struggling with discontentment like things don't get better they get worse to the point to where i'm forced as a christian to kind of realize okay look like my job is miserable right now. Like, this is a really tough time. I'm not saying my job isn't miserable. If my boss is listening to this, I'm just giving this as an example. My job, like, this is, I'm working a lot of hours and it's really hard, but I haven't lost anything with Jesus. He's still there. I still, like, what he did on the cross for me hasn't changed. What he did, I mean, it's something you have to constantly preach yourself to yourself as a Christian. But notice, you know, in these verses, he says plenty. And like, it's sometimes like God takes things away from us to remind us that our contentment should be found in him and him alone, right? The One of the more difficult times to be content 
is when you do have those things, right? Like when you are healthy, when things are going your way, when your job is working out exactly the way you want to, when things start to click, then you start, it starts to creep in the discontentment and it looks like I've really got this together. I've started, I figured this out. I've, I'm really good at this. I, look, everybody's recognizing how, like, that's how, that's what discontentment looks like. You still have to preach your, that to yourself just as much in plenty as you do in the opposite of plenty. Un, unplenty. Unplenty. <laughs> Displenty. <laughs> you had. I mean, you have to remind yourself, like, look, like, this is all like my satisfaction and my joy isn't found in any of these things. These are blessings and praise God for them because I don't deserve these things. But if these things are taken away, I still can find joy just like Paul did. My wife and I have found that in times to where we are in a season of having plenty and having everything that we, we think that we want, that the Lord sometimes, if you're not grateful and thankful, and you're not content in just Christ, that sometimes those things will get taken away. Yeah, like sometimes, <laughs> like it's a season of plenty, and you've won so many national championships because you're an Alabama fan, and things are just going great, number one recruiting class after number one recruiting class, and then God brings Clemson in, and he reminds you, your joy isn't in Alabama. Because they just got whooped by Clemson. Sunshine. Are you still happy? Are you still satisfied? <laughs> I like that word satisfaction. Like, because that's such a big, like, so that was kind of a game changer for me when the whole like Christian hedonism concept, like John Piper's Christian hedonism, which he gets from Jonathan Edwards, of like God wants, God doesn't just want me to do the things he says or like he wants me he has made us to seek out satisfaction and pleasure but he's also made that where we can only truly be satisfied in him like that finding your satisfaction and finding your joy in him is the only way you can still have joy when things are taken away but also i think uh something i found so thomas watson the the puritan in the book the art of divine contentment he wrote, uh, he has uh, five marks of a contented heart. And so these are just things just to test to see, you know, are you really content? Because probably most of you right now, like you're listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, I'm doing pretty good at this. I'm content because things are going your way. Um, obviously, an early sign of discontentment would be when things don't go your way, is your joy gone? Like if you if you have a bad day, if... You know, if things aren't your way, at, don't go your way at your job or even in your marriage or, you know, if you're with your health and you lose, you start to get angry at those things, then you've got a discontent heart and you need to repent of that. And I often, on a daily basis, have to repent of that. But, okay, so five marks of a contented heart. The first mark is a contented spirit is a silent spirit. So, uh, just to, to go along with that, how would others describe you? Are you apt to speak out and give vent to your frustrations with others and God, or are you inclined to hold your peace 
and see the Lord in the situation. I think that's good. So if you're consistently grumbling or complaining, which we are commanded not to do, and you're that's a sign of discontentment. You know, or when things go wrong, are you able to sit there and think through and pray through and preach to yourself, my joy is not found in this, my joy is found in Jesus. Number two, a contented a contented spirit is a cheerful spirit. Are you cheerful? Would others describe you as cheerful, no matter the situation? Thirdly, a contented spirit is a thankful spirit. Um, someone that knows that you know your joy and your satisfaction is found in God, and so you know that all this this extra stuff is a blessing from God, and you're thankful for it, and you're thankful for these things. Fourthly, a contented spirit is not bound by circumstances, which is what we've talked about. You know, your your circumstances don't matter. Jesus isn't leaving you. Like if everything rests on him, it will it will stand firm and stand strong no matter what what or who comes and goes. And then lastly, a contented spirit will not avoid trouble by means of sin. Contentment would rather wait upon God than sin against God. A contented Christian is willing to wait God's leisure and will not stir till God opens a door. The spirit of contentment says, I would rather stay in prison than purchase liberty by sinning against God. That's good. Thank you, Sir Thomas Watson. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. Yep. Guff. <laughs> yep we'll end on that one um so we'd like to encourage you like if probably most of us this is a huge pro- all of us this is a huge struggle um so the question i want to ask you you know are you struggling are you are you in the fight for contentment are you in the fight to you know because the real danger is when you just think of these things as normal of discontentment as normal because you see it all around you we're encouraging no fight it fight Preach to yourself. Be in community. Be in a church that also reminds you of these things and reminds you of the satisfaction and the joy that's found in Jesus and found in Christ and found in Him alone. Um, You need that. You need people to remind you of that and to encourage you in that. But that's all we got for now. So um, hopefully we'll catch you in a week or two. So. Peace. A true mission and a true find. The only way to the true God. All is fall astray, leaving fools blind. The truth lies, know it's bait, seeing imbued minds. We sheep going through the gate, that's the true sign. Yeah, we know the resurrection in life. The light of the world, he came, show strength for his might. This message is plain, this chain, get the letters precise. These are the I am saints.